Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. Welcome to episode 95 of Writer on the Road. You can get your free download of Voices in Your Head at www.writerontheroad.com forward slash voices. This week we're talking to my friend Brian Burkhardt on mindset and we found ourselves talking a lot about the voices in your head, uh, which is quite fortuitous because that's what we're all about here at the moment in uh, Writer on the Road. Brian and I chatted about mindset strategies and daily intentions. So if you are having problems like me in focusing and getting your act together, uh, this is one episode that you want to listen to, especially kicking into 2018. It's really, really exciting. Okay, my course starts, uh, Voices in Your Head, getting that novel written, 90 days starting the end of January, where you'll be working very closely with me, which can be either exciting or scary, whichever way you look at it. Um, But as far as being an accountability partner goes, um, I'm probably one of the best that you can get. As far as a writer goes, I'm probably one of the slackest you can get. Um, But I'm much better at telling you how to do it than doing it myself. But we have a giveaway here today. It's Nikki Edwards's One More Song. It's her eighth novel and it's about musical theatre and it's set down in Victoria. So if you want a copy of that novel, uh, shoot me an email at melinda at tropicalwriting.com.au and I'll see what I can do about that for you. I want to give a big shout out to Kate Vanderhoot of Take 10 Social. Uh, she's been helping me with my Facebook advertising And she runs a fantastic little course over there at Take 10 Social that is really up to date. She's just come back from America and is learning all the latest and greatest on algorithms. And since I've been working with Kate, she's continually re-recording her her little videos to keep us up to date with the ever-ending changes of Facebook media. Uh, So if you've got nothing else to do on a rainy day, pop over and see Kate at Take 10 Social. Uh, We've got our summer reading series kicking up. Uh, kicking off in January for the oh, probably four or five weeks while I'm away on holidays. Uh, I've got some of our beautiful romance authors and other authors have recorded little 15-minute snippets for us on how they write, where they write, what their favourite books are, what they're reading, uh, and they're well worth a listen to. And I might do this more often because I've actually enjoyed recording them. And last thing before we start today's podcast, I want to introduce to you our sponsor, Paul Brody from Paul Brody EDU. Paul will be working with us over the next six weeks or so on uh, how to publish a bestseller every time and not miss the mark. It's really exciting. He's got lots of little 90-second sound bites for us, and he'll be telling us where we can go if we want to work with him full-time. Welcome, Paul. How are you, Paul? Doing great, Melinda. How about yourself? Good, thank you. Welcome aboard the Rider on the Road Gravy Train. Happy to be here. Yeah. Paul, what are you going to give us over the next few weeks? What what little tidbits does a 10 times best-selling author have for my audience? Well, I think the main thing is to really just to go through the author journey where we can talk about where we're going to start, where we're going to go, and how we're going to get our book done. Because the main thing is before you get started with your book, you want to know what the outcome is. What do you want to get out of it? And I tell this to my clients, my students all the time is what do you want to get out of this book? Is this to build and scale your business? Is this to promote a public speaking business? Is this to help with an online course or consultant? The first thing you need to know 
is what are you going to get out of this? What is the outcome that you want with having, you know, having the book, with having something physical, with having it in paperback and having it in audiobook and Kindle, which we can talk about further as we progress through this. But really talking about your business, what the outcome is of it, and the most important part is what is the end result? What, where do I want to go in the future when I have this book out? Where do I want this book to take me? Okay, everyone, now you can see why I've invited Paul aboard. Uh, look, we're really looking forward to chatting with you over the next few weeks, Paul. Uh, where can we find you? Uh, you can actually find me at brodyedu.com, and I've got a couple nice little giveaways on there. So if you go to the site, you can actually watch my free online training. It's called Get Published, and all you do is go to brodyedu.com, and there is a link on there to get a, access to the free webinar. So you can click on it. You can get access to it, and you can check a great training. It's going to give you a lot of information to help you through the author journey, and we're going to go through three very special secrets. Now, I'm not going to tell you the secrets. You're going to have to go on the page to find out. Okay, thanks, Paul. See you next week. Today, everybody, we're traveling to Arizona, and I have my very, very good friend, Brian Burkhardt, on the other end of the line. Hi, Brian. Hi, Melinda. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, Brian, I, Brian and I have got a little secret, everybody. We've just spent the last 45 minutes chatting. So we've actually had our podcast. Brian's going to come in, say hi, and he's going to leave again. Um, Brian, you are the marketing, marketing mindset guru of Arizona. So I'd like to welcome you. I'd like you to share with us what it is about marketing mindset that has you so fascinated at the moment. Great. Thanks, Melinda. First, thanks for having me on. As I told you earlier, this is my very first appearance as a guest. So I'm usually on the other end of the mic asking the questions. So this is going to be interesting. So hopefully uh, your listeners will get some value out of this. That's that's my goal. But uh, yeah, the marketer's mindset, um, as we kind of talked off camera, um, Melinda, I was telling you, with marketing, everybody's out there pushing different products, the next shiny object, push button, telling people how great it is. And there's so much information out there. And I've bought tons and tons of courses over the years, as a lot of people have. And it's so easy to get confused. And it's a lot harder than what people make it sound like. And I think they kind of do that for the sales effect because nobody wants to go out and say, oh, this is going to be a ton of work. You're going to have a ton of hours. It's going to be hard. That doesn't sell. People want that fantasy of I can make some money online while I'm sleeping. And that's what everybody kind of goes into it with. So my thing was everybody's telling you the A to Z and you can always find that information out of how to make money. But nobody really touched on whenever I bought a product. Very few. There was a couple that would talk about the mindset aspect. And to me, even though if I had a roadmap from A to Z on how to do something, how to make money in a certain field or industry, if I didn't believe in myself or believe that I could do it, it doesn't matter how good that plan is because I wouldn't take action. I would sabotage myself. I'd hold myself back. I'd come up with excuses because I didn't have that belief. My mindset would come in and say, you know, you're, you're not that good. You're not that smart. Why would someone buy something from you or so forth? So I figured there's a lot of people out there that would, that would just jump to another product. So i really been fascinated for a long time of what makes people do what they do, you know? Why are some people successful or it seems to come easy to them? Or how do some people take challenges and it doesn't hold them back? They're able to overcome those and basically excel, you know? 
So I've always been fascinated with that. So my whole thing was I want to create a show called The Marketer's Mindset and focus on the mindset aspect, not just the A to Z because you can get that anywhere. You can go to YouTube and even find out a plan on how to make $100 a day. But again, like I said, if you don't believe in yourself and have that mindset for that, you're going to hold yourself back. So that's where combining my passion for personal development and seeing that there was a need specifically in the internet marketing, which goes beyond, as me and you talked about earlier, this goes for writers, it goes for all different industries. You know, mindset is so important, not just to your business, but to your life. Yeah. So that that's where I kind of got into it. Yeah, and everybody, we are here today. We we do have a bit of an expert with us, and it is really exciting, Brian, to have you here because we are trying to run our indie author businesses plus deal with all the doubts, struggles and fears of of putting our writing out there. So we're sort of as as writers and as indie writers, we're, we're sort of got two, I guess, two balls to juggle right now. And the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about is that shiny object syndrome because, as you said, there's so much out there. Everyone's trying to sell us something. Indie authors or indie publishing is really, really popular right now. How do we choose what to run with and how do we choose what to, to put away for another day? What, I, what I've discovered and what I found has worked for me is basically coming up with your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Now, you want to be a writer. Okay. Now, you need to narrow it down. What is your passion? Are you writing about something that maybe you've worked in a career and you decided that, hey, I have some information that I've gained over these years that I want to write about? Or maybe you have a passion to say, I want to write on an area as far as, um, you know, let's go for fiction. Maybe someone has a passion for that. But find out what your why is. The main problem I think a lot of people do is they have such a big, broad picture. Like, for example, for writers, I want to write. Well, with that type of thing, if someone comes in and says, you could write children's books and here's how you can write this and start making a full-time income and either leave your job or supplement – Wow, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I've always thought kids' books were good. And then the next one comes out and says, hey, here's a, a, a 90, you know, you write a book in 90 days for a quick Kindle book and show someone an A to Z step on there. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds a little bit easier than children's book. So you have all these great things that come to you. But if you don't really truly know what you want to do, what you want to focus on and why – then you're going to be distracted by every new product that comes out that says, write this way, write that way. Because your whole idea was, I want to be a writer. But you need to focus it. So if you can really focus down to what you want to do, what audience you want to serve, and why you want to do it, and hopefully you have a passion with it, then if someone comes across and say, I, cho I choose I want to be a writer for children's books – now, if someone comes through and says, here's a book on how to, um, you know, write technical books or something like that, and someone says, it's real easy, there's so much information on the internet, you can go through and research it and write a book and, you know, in the next 30 days and have it published. Well, now that I know that I'm focused on children and my passion is children, I'm going to skip that. I'm not even going to waste my time looking at that product or thinking, wow, you know what, that sounds like it, it would be a quick way to make money. Because I know what I want to do now. So I'm going to stick with my passion, my focus, and anything that comes in that's not going to benefit me, that's not going to be talking about writing for children or here's a software that will help you write or anything that's going to be related to that goes to the side. I don't waste my time with it because as you know, Melinda, we talked about when you start juggling more than one ball 
and you have your time split and you're trying to keep everything going, you don't have a lot of time. So you need to stay focused. Yeah. Okay. I've failed everybody already at hurdle number one. Thanks for that, Brian. Thanks for coming. See you later. All right. Take care. This has been great. (laughs) Anyone who knows me and has been with me for five minutes knows that I buy every every course that comes across the um, comes across my desk, and I get really excited about it. And I make as many courses as I sell. Uh, Sorry, as I buy, which is really really interesting as well. I think I'd like to go a little bit deeper on that one because I'm guilty of it myself, and I'm assuming my um, my guests or my um, listeners are as well. Narrowing down before you do anything else is is um, such a truism, but what happens when you're not quite sure what it is you want to do and you're confronted with all this mass of selling that's going on at the moment? Well, let me touch on the first thing that you said because, Belinda, I am guilty too. I've spent so much money on different products, so there's no shame in it because when you're starting out, you're trying to learn. So there's a lot of things, and if you're starting brand new and you haven't been doing it for a while, I've been doing it for some years now, so I've got a lot of narrow and more focus. But if you're starting out, I think, one, don't feel guilty if you have bought a lot because we've all gone through it, you know? So that everybody's done it. But I think what you need to do is you need to pick something that interests you and run with it. I think people get too caught up in what holds them back, Melinda, is they want the perfect business or the perfect book or the perfect, you know, what what's the best niche to write in that's going to make me the most money? And I think that's the wrong question to ask. I think you need to find out what's going to be passionate about because, as you know, if you don't have that passion – It's easy to give up when things aren't working or someone's not buying a product that you created and you're excited about it and it's your baby, you're passionate about it, but it's not selling yet and you need to tweak your marketing. If you're not interested in what you're writing, you're going to easily give up on it. So, But I say pick one thing that interests you and don't worry about it being perfect. Focus on it. Work on it. So again, if you pick something like you're talking about earlier, you're going to start doing some more writing for adults. So if something comes through for children or something, that's not going to be on your plate. You're not going to need to look at it. You're not going to need to focus on it. You're not going to need to be distracted by it because your focus is going to be on writing for adults. So I think someone just needs to pick it because everybody wants the perfect thing. Pick something that interests you, that you think you can have a passion on, that you would enjoy sticking with and stick with it, learn it, get the basics. And then later on, once you, you've learned how to write in that field, you become comfortable, you become maybe an authority on it, and you decide to branch out somewhere else, then go ahead and do it. But too many people want to jump ship because it's not working right away. And it, it takes time. It takes time and dedication. So pick something you're passionate with and stick with that first. Yeah, and there's a lot of noise out there, Brian. I know, even as you were talking, there are programs out there where they actually recommend and they they sell you courses on how to do it. You go to Amazon, you look at all the keywords, you find out what's selling the best, and then you deliberately go out and you write a book to meet those keywords. And I'm thinking, there is no romance in that whatsoever. And a lot of us here are romance writers, and we, we love the idea of sitting around all day and having all this lovely time just to doodle away and come out with this beautiful book at the end of it. Romance writers make a lot of money apparently and so we all think we're going to do that um but without that one thing without that focus and doing the work it just doesn't happen does it no and you got to have that passion you got to enjoy it and i can tell talking with you you enjoy what you're doing 
with your teaching background and that it, it, you have the passion and that's why I think you've been successful with it. So you can't just go and, and write because you think that niche is going to make money or someone said that they made money in it. You know, you really get, and that's why I think it comes down, like we said at the beginning, you need to start with the why. Why are you, why are you getting into this? What is your passion, you know, to, to make you get into it and then pick something that you have an interest on because there's going to be tons of shiny objects and there's more and more people coming online every day, you know, so there's going to be more products coming on and, and it's so hard, but without that focus, you're going to be drawn into every little shiny object that comes out. Yeah. So we're going to kill the shiny object today, everybody. And the biggest secret that I've got to give to anyone out there who's listening, who is going to write their books the secret to writing is writing and I coach people every day, as you said, writing their books and they come back to me week after week after week and my question always is, how much have you written? And if you don't write and if you don't get to the end, you don't have a book and therefore you don't have anything to publish and therefore all the rest of it about launches, marketing, all the rest of it doesn't matter. Uh, and that's why it's really interesting with this mindset thing, Brian, I want to move you on to your now because now is the next big thing, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Now, when you say now, what specifically are you asking? I'm asking when is the now, when is the best time to start? Oh, the podcast that episode. Yes. I was telling you that I want to write a book and it's just kind of a play on words, but the, when it says, when is now the best time to start? And basically so many people hold themselves back. They don't take that step. And I did it at the beginning when I was starting my podcast. You know, it was a great idea. And I was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to share what I'm learning. I'd love to interview guests and get some experts on here that can share their wisdom and their experience and knowledge. But yet I still held myself back wondering, hey, is anybody going to listen to what I have to say? Am I going to be interesting enough? Am I going to be able to ask great questions and, and get you know, some good information from my guests. So you have all these doubts and fears and, and worry. But the thing is, like you said, with writing, Melinda, you just got to do it. And the best time to do it is now. We always keep waiting. And I was guilty. And one of the things that's held me back is I call myself I'm a recovering perfectionist because I always want something to be good. I want it to be perfect. I want it to give value. And the truth is, if you really care about what you're doing, you care about your audience, you're going to do the best you can right at that time. So you can always go out and do version two or version three or something. So if someone bought a book and you wrote it and you thought, you know what, I did the best I could. And then maybe months later, it wasn't as good as you thought. Now that you've gained some experience, you can always go back, rewrite, make changes. And then whoever bought that book say, you know what? I've got a better version that just came out. I did some updates. Here's a gift for you for being a customer. So instead of letting that hold you back because you want it to be perfect, just start putting it out there. Like you said, just start writing. And that's what I did. I just started podcasting. I started out. My first episode was just a short, I think, seven minutes introducing myself, telling everybody what my show was about. I had zero listeners. As you know, Melinda, starting out, we all start out with zero. But I think a lot of the problem and that I've seen, and, and I've been guilty of it, is a lot of people will look at someone that is a guru or an authority in the field. So you'll look at somebody that's an expert and you'll compare yourself to them. And the problem with that is 
you're looking at their X, Y, Z, whatever stage they are in their career, and you're comparing it to your A or your starting point, which is not fair at all. They've put in the work. They've done the challenges. They've overcome obstacles, and you haven't yet. So when you compare yourself and you hold yourself back because you're not, as we talked about in the um, podcast industry, who you met, John Lee Dumas, or I'm not a Lewis Howes, or I'm not a Tim Ferriss. Why should I put out there? They've got thousands of shows and they've got millions of downloads a month, you know, and I've only got X amount and I'm, you know, we always want to compare and that's the problem. What you need to be doing is you need to be comparing with yourself. So there was a great thing I saw. I'll tell you a little quick story that I liked. Um, there was a video, it was on YouTube and it was Matthew McConaughey. And I thought it was great speech. Someone put up there. He got up and he won an Oscar for something and he started talking and he said he had a, a family member come up to him and said to him one time, Matthew, who's your hero? And he said, you know what? I really don't know. Let me get back to you in a few days. Let me think about it. So a few days later, the family member came back and said, hey, Matthew, who's your hero? And he says, you know what? I thought about it. My hero is me 10 years from now. And they said, mm, Interesting. So 10 years later, family member meets up and says, hey, Matthew, so are you your hero? And he goes, not even close. And I go, what do you mean? You said your hero is you 10 years from now. And he goes, yeah, my hero now is me in another 10 years. And what I took away from it, I thought was so powerful in there, Melinda, was that he wasn't comparing himself to a Robert De Niro. He wasn't comparing himself to a Tom Hanks or anything. He was comparing himself to himself, and he was improving himself each and every day. And that's what he focused on. So, again, we could kind of go back and, and use it as another shiny object syndrome. Other authorities or other people in our field that we look up to can be a shiny object to us and can distract us and hold us back because we're comparing ourselves to them instead of saying – Wow, is Brian a little bit better today than he was yesterday? Did Brian help one or two more people with their mindset today than he did yesterday? So what I try and do is focus on improving myself, basically put those blinders on and not worry about the big people out there and trying to compare myself with it. So the point with when is now the best time to start, it just means now is it wherever you're at, whatever age you are, whatever level of knowledge you have, just start. It's a process. You'll learn as you go. And as long as you're trying and doing your best, that's all you can ask for. And believe it or not, even if you're starting out, you probably know stuff that people don't know that are brand new. So even though you don't give yourself credit because you think it's, nah, everybody knows this. Not everybody does. So take what knowledge you have because there's someone that's below you that needs to learn that and you need to share that and then build from there. Yeah, and I think that's really important, everybody, and especially for writers. I remember it was only a couple of months ago now I told everybody that, you know, I've been working with kids and now I'm moving into my adult courses and it'll be, you know, how to write a novel and how to be the best writer that you can. And this person said to me, oh, I wouldn't even bother going there. Joanna Penn's already built that course. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. I said, but Joanna Penn's not me. 
and I, ha- I have different ways of doing and different ways of being and Joanna Penn is my goddess. I, I um, She's my role model. I look up to her. She's the goddess of indie publishing and she knows everything and it's absolutely fantastic. But she'd be the very first person to tell us, I think, that we all have something to offer and we all have something to share and there are billions of people out there who, who want to start something and have a go. And I think what's stopping a lot of people is that mindset, oh, there's someone out there better, don't bother having a try. You know what? You you said something so important, Melinda, and I hope the listeners caught that, is that so many people don't think that they have the value or something to give. And I love what you said is that you have a way of speaking and a way of connecting with people that maybe your authority figure, someone that you look up to, won't connect with others. So the way you deliver your message and the way you say it is going to connect with other people that they won't even connect with. And I think people don't understand that, that Yes, you know, okay, we could talk about mindset. Well, there's Tony Robbins. There's been Jim Rohn. There's been Think and Grow Rich books. There's, you know, there's tons of stuff out there. Why do we need more of this, you know? And the thing is, maybe I'm going to say it in a different way that's going to connect with somebody. Um, My life experience is different than other people. So I can have maybe a story or something that I experienced with someone else that's going to be able to share and help someone. So don't discount your uniqueness you know we 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 kind of downgrade ourselves and always look at these big people but they started out at the very bottom also and they had to build that credibility and that authority and that following so that's why I start now because you know what you can wait and say okay in 6 months and one of the things why I had that episode on there Melinda is you know we're so close to the end of the year now and I can tell there's people that look at, at their year and they say, you know what? 2017 wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. There's so much I wanted to do and I didn't do it. And you know what? There's only, what, a month or so, six weeks, five weeks left in the, the rest of the year. I'll wait till 2018 and start. And my whole point was, no, no, no. There's still five or six weeks that you can still take action. You can move. Me and my buddy talk about get that boulder moving. You know, when you start something, you're starting from a dead stop and it's like pushing that big boulder and it's hard. But once you get a little bit of momentum going and that thing starts rolling, oh, okay, it's a little bit easier to push that now. So if you take action and do stuff now during the holidays when everybody's busy and challenged, you're going to go into 2018 with momentum. And plus, after the holidays, then it's back to normal, you know? You're going to have a lot more time so you could really – keep that action and momentum going. So that's why I I came up with that saying now is the time to start. I don't care if it's a Wednesday, like right here, it's 2.01 PM. You know, whoever's listening to this, when you done listening to the episode, get out a pen and paper, write down a game plan, take action, make a phone call, start writing that book, whatever it is, but do it now. I don't care what day it is or what, just start now. Yeah, you can see everybody why I've got this beautiful man on the podcast. He will be coming back on a regular basis, I'm sure. Brian, you have this wonderful way of inspiring us and motivating us and getting us out there. Uh, I've been doing a course or a mastermind course at the moment with a gentleman called Dan Blank and everybody you may know him uh, from Creative Shift and he's got a book out called Be the Gateway. And I am actually through going through this whole process of creative shift at the moment so that when 2018 begins, 
I'm already transitioned from 2017 ready ready and working as 2018 comes along. So I, I certainly understand what you're saying there and I want to hang up from you now and get going. Uh, the other thing is <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got my How to Write a Novel course happening next year, but I've actually got a little six-week transition course on getting started and it's it's putting those habits in place now so that you're ready to, to pick up and write your novel next year because... As you said, it's it's mindset, isn't it, Brian? You've got to get the habits, routines uh, and goals and your whys and your wherefores all in place because otherwise you just won't finish. No, absolutely. What you said is so important there. You, you need to get everything in place. It's And like we said, you're going to have to start from nothing if you haven't taken action and you think the year's over. But do it now. And I've kind of gotten away, Melinda, from writing New Year's resolutions because – my thing is throughout the year, there's things that come up that I want to do. Uh, one of the things I want to do, and they're kind of popular, but I want to focus on is uh, 2018 is one, writing a book that we kind of talked about earlier, and also doing a summit, a mindset summit, and getting some experts together and doing a training where people can go on and get different experts on different areas of mindset. And again, it's something that I want to put together. It's going to take some time, but I'm going to start planning it now and start getting that stuff going. But, you know, too many people want to do the New Year's resolutions. And it's, to me, it seems like you're going through the motion. I'd rather do it out of passion and desire and say, you know what, it's March 22nd. And I've got a great idea. I'm excited about it. And I'm going to write a plan and do it now. I'm not going to wait till a New Year's and do it just to go through the motions. So get on a habit of taking notes and setting goals and doing it as the year goes on, don't wait for holidays or special events. The whole thing is we, we, we always wait for something like that to happen instead of just doing it now. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if you're doing now and you're doing the best you can with what you have now, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Now, everybody, I've got to admit that I've been in this wonderful mindset of I'm exhausted. It's been a huge year and I just want to knock off and I want to go down to the coast and have a holiday in my caravan. And now you've got me going, oh, hang on a minute. I've got lots more things I can do between now and Christmas. Uh, I think having that accountability partner really helps, doesn't it? Having someone to say to you, you're at the start, you're not at the end. Yes. No, everybody needs to have it, whether it's a close friend that has the same mindset as you, hopefully, because, you know, sometimes you have some good friends, but they're not, you know, that supportive or they're not into what your interests are. But if you can find, especially now with Facebook groups, and that's how we connected, was through the Facebook group, through the through the podcast, you know, and it's been exciting because you're meeting like-minded people. So you need to either hopefully have a good friend that has the same, like me and a buddy tend to kind of go twice a month for breakfast on a Saturday morning and just brainstorm. He's in a separate, you know, brick and mortar business and I'm more doing the online, but we share ideas and we help each other back and forth. Uh, we send texts, we call up, he supports me, he'll listen to podcasts, he'll give me feedback. And you need that because when you're left alone, it's tough. You feel like you're alone. And it's easy to say, mm, we'll do that later. But if you got a buddy that says, wait a second, Brian, you said that you know, on Monday, you're going to go ahead and reach out to so-and-so, or you said you were going to start collecting those people to do that summit. What happened? Uh, now I got someone that I'm accountable to. I told him I was going to do it. But if you don't have that, it's so easy to stop yourself. So accountability is huge. And that's one of the things I want to do with the uh, marketer's mindset is I set up a Facebook group 
and it's totally free. But the idea is to get people in there so we can connect, we can talk regularly about mindset. You can go in there with like-minded people. And if you're struggling, now you have a group to go to. If you don't have somebody and, and with people with Facebook, you know, for example, we got you, Melinda, who you're in your early morning on uh, Thursday here, and I'm still here Wednesday afternoon. So there's a way you could get in there, depending on whatever time you're in, that there's going to be somebody in there that can share or respond to you. So it's so huge being in there because it's tough being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Now we've got a commitment with um, Brian here, everybody on on Rider on the Road. We love our little exclusives. Uh, Brian, committing to writing that mindset book that you've been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> everybody here at Rider on the Road is going to be your accountability buddy. So we'll look forward to when you have your book finished, you could come back on and you could share share the excitement of writing that book with us because it's clear, very clear that you have so much to say. And like most podcasters, we love talking about it and we um, very, we find it a little bit tougher to get around to doing it. And I'm talking about myself here. I've got this wonderful book coming out. Do you have a story to tell? And I talk about it. And I even took myself to my caravan on the weekend and had a writer's retreat to actually do some writing for it. But it always, it's never on the critical to do list, is it? Getting that, getting that book finished. And I think that's the thing. You need to make it important. If it's not important, it's not going to get done. It needs to be a priority. And so that's the thing is, and it comes back to what you had mentioned earlier, Melinda, and it's so important is creating little habits. And I found the best thing that's worked for me and I've done research on it because one of the things was exercise. I hadn't done exercise for a long time and I was like, you know what? I want to do it. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> you know, you come home from a long day or you're working and stuff and it's like, okay, you got to make dinner and then after dinner and then the nighttime and, and, and with doing the podcast, I've got other stuff that I need to be doing as well. So it seems time-wise you're limited. But if you don't create those small habits, for example, if you're a writer and say, you know what, I'm going to write 10 minutes every day or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to write for 10 minutes, whatever it is. And this, it sounds so simple. And I'll give you an example. I read a book and I thought it was so powerful when you understand the concept Someone said, if you want to start a routine, for example, like an exercise routine, tell yourself you're going to do one push-up a day. And you may laugh and go, who's going to get fit one push-up a day? But if you start doing one push-up a day, right, usually if you're going to get down on the floor at my age, I'm going to stay down and probably do a few more than just one. But you're going you're to do more probably, especially if you're feeling good. So as long as you do your one, you've kept your commitment and you've done one push-up every day, now you've stacked on habits. And now it can grow into something where, you know what, I'm doing 50 push-ups a day. I've got a gym membership. I started hiking on weekends. But it all started with that one push-up. And I'm telling you, whoever's listening, if it's whether, you know, a lot of you guys are writers, if you're struggling with writing, just say you're going to write one sentence a day. Keep it simple. Keep it something that you can do each and every day that it's going to be so easy. Even if you have a cold or you got home late at night or you jump in bed and you're going, oh, I got to go to sleep. Oh, you know what? I didn't do my one sentence. Get out of bed, grab that pen and paper and write one sentence. And don't worry about if it's the perfect sentence 
whatever it is, just write that one sentence and keep that. Because if you keep stacking that and you track that on a little calendar and you start looking at that calendar and now you have 30 X's in a row, now you have 45 X's in a row, now you have 72 X's, now it's 2018 and you got 365 X's every day that you wrote. I don't know how many sentences make up a book, a good short book. You know what I mean? So when people say, I want to write a book or I don't have time to write it, it starts with little habits. And don't discount it, guys. It's so important. Just start with that small habit, build that momentum, build on it. And I'm telling you, you're going to see some amazing results if you stick with that. Mm. Now, I've got to tell you, Brian, you started talking about that one push-up a day. And I looked down on my floor and I saw all my books and I thought I'd get down to do my one push-up. I'd roll over, I'd start reading my books and I'd just lay there and watch <laughs> everyone else doing their 50 uh, as I was reading. Uh, but I'm listening to you talking and we talked earlier about, uh, this is before we uh, started the podcast, everybody, about being a mindset coach. As I'm listening to you, I'm just getting really, really excited and going, I could actually get off here now and write 500 words before I go upstairs and start my day because you've motivated me to do so. Do you think this idea of a mindset coach and it's growing and growing, and I think I really believe in it, that there is actually a future in having someone alongside you pushing you along? We do it physically. We have, um, we certainly have um, physical coaches. Why wouldn't we have mindset coaches to help us with our writing? Yeah, and I th it's a great point there because a lot of people I don't think – I think they think mindset coach is a bunch of woohoo or rah-rah or having some type of cheerleader. But coaches are so important. We even talk about the greatest athletes, you know, a lot here within the States where you got your great basketball and football players and all that. Everybody has a coach. You know, everybody knows a Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan still had a coach. And it's weird how we'll have a coach for exercise. You know, we'll have a teacher to learn something for school. But why, why won't we have one for mindset? There's so much nowadays, and especially with social media. And one thing that, that really scares me, I mean, my boys, I was telling you earlier, my youngest is 20. Um, but I've seen so many young people with depression and, and things of that nature where, you know, they're letting social media and all this where everybody, it's kind of like we talked about before, you're comparing yourself to others. And I think it's so important to have a coach that's going to put you in that right mindset. And I like to think of it more as I'm not looking to really motivate people because motivation is, I mean, maybe four days from now, Melinda, you're not going to be as motivated by me and say, you know what? I was motivated at the time to write those 500 words, but ah, Brian's, I haven't talked to him. I don't care. You know? So my thing is I want to inspire people. Because the, I, I believe there's a difference between motivation and inspiration. Motivation, I look, is more external. I'm here to get you, and I can get you pumped up, and maybe you go, you know what? After this podcast, I'm going to do some writing. I'm going to start some goal setting. I'm going to start planning for 2018. You could be excited. But as the days go on or something happens, you get some news or you're having a frustrating day, if you don't have inspiration from within, if you're not inspired with that fire – then you're going to need another push of, of external motivation. 
Now, external motivation isn't bad. I love listening to podcasts. I love listening to motivational YouTube clips and things like that. But you need to find what's going to inspire you inside, what's going to be your passion. So if you can have a a good person that's going to coach you mentally and help you keep that fire burning inside, help that go, and then help keep you mentally strong, help you be accountable, which I think is so huge. And I think that's part of the problem with a lot of trainings and stuff is either you go away for a weekend, Melinda, and you get trained, you leave, like you said, all excited, go home, you got a game plan, you got a workbook, you went through and did all these exercises, but then life happens. You're back into your daily life with your family and friends and work and animals and whatever it may be, you know? So you need to have that internal inspiration. The problem is if you had a mindset coach, you could keep that momentum going. Okay, you learned the tools at that conference. Now you've got somebody that's going to hold you accountable, that's going to have a different perspective. So when you're feeling down or you're feeling doubtful or you're not feeling um, positive about your your uh, abilities, you think, um, you know, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with this topic. I don't know if anybody's going to be interested or maybe they're not going to like this new book. And you start having that negative mind chatter, that monkey brain going on. You need to have somebody that's going to be able to see from a different perspective because it's so hard when we're so close to ourselves. We don't get to see our worth and our value, and we're so easy to be negative. If we had friends that talked to us like we talk to ourselves in our brain, we wouldn't be friends with them at all. You know, you'd be like, I'm getting rid of this jerk. You know, but we're so hard on ourselves. So to have somebody that is there that can help support you, hold you accountable. And can really get you into that mindset, I think, is so important. So I think it's huge. Whether you're a writer, you're an entrepreneur, um, even a, a, a student, you know, younger people. I think it's so important. I, I told you that little story. I like going to the Dutch Bros coffee place up here and just talking to those young guys. And I ask them what they're doing. What are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm going to school and I'm doing this. Oh, really? What do you want to be? Oh, and I encourage them and I get them excited and they're like, Brian, I love talking to you. And it's like, cause I love just giving them positive information and reinforcing that what they want to do in life that go ahead and do it, live it. Don't live it for someone else. Live what you want to do, what you're passionate about. And I think we need more people cheering us on than, you know, everybody bashing everybody or, you know, I think if you don't have that abundance mentality, it's so easy to say, wow, if Melinda gets good at podcasting, then it's going to take away listeners from me. And No, 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 no. It's abundance. There's so many people out there that Linda's going to touch or Melinda's going to touch and connect with. There's so many that I'm going to connect with. There's no need for scarcity or all this competition. So I think I think it's huge. Yeah, I've got this beautiful friend, uh, Pamela, who started a a podcast for women and it's really exciting to watch and listen and and learn from her. She's got about five episodes and she's so good and she's so inspiring and we've become quite good friends uh as we as we listen to each other's podcasts and we uh, support each other i think i think it's really important everybody and especially with writing and especially with the field that we're in it can seem that everybody else is doing it it can seem that there is no room for us but i think 
there's room for all of us and the fact that other people are doing it shows that there's a need and that people want it out there. So if you're writing a book about something or if you're writing a novel or whatever you're doing and you notice that someone else is doing it, pat yourself on the back and say, yay, that means I'm onto something that may just work. Absolutely. And like we said earlier, Melinda, it's just your voice. You have something to say in a certain way and, and stuff of value to share that you're going to connect with people. So knowing that there's other people in there, like you said, perfect. There's an audience for it. There's people that want this information and you're there to give it in your unique way and your connectedness. And you only want people to follow you that, that enjoy what you're doing anyways. You know, mm -hmm. you're trying to connect with people that connect with you and your message. That's the whole purpose. Yeah. You're not trying to speak to the world. You're not trying to speak to every writer out there and, and to be the be all to adult writers and children writers and book writers and technical writers. No, no. You have your own voice and unique voice and that's who you're looking to connect with. And that's what people need to understand. You're not trying to be the be all end all to everybody. Yeah. Share your message and you're going to connect with the right audience. Just be genuine and true to yourself. Yeah, and sometimes not too genuine and too true to yourself because I sometimes get a bit carried away and tell you too much. Uh, but I find that working with children uh, keeps me honest. I work with them every week and every week they, they come up to me and my first question is to them, how much did you write this week? And off they go. And some of them, and they're only little, some of these kids are only 9 and 10 and they'll have written two and 3,000 words and sometimes there's not a paragraph in there, you know. Sometimes it's just this right. big chunk of text. Sometimes they forget their full stops and their capital letters but they're so inspired and so impassioned by their own stories that they just get stuck in and go about it. And they're the kids that are going to succeed because they don't care what anyone thinks. They're proud of what they're doing and they want to say, hey, Mel, look what I've done. But as I get older, up until my 15, 16, 17-year-olds, I start to see a lot more insecurity and I start to see people or my kids going, oh, no, I don't want to show you yet, it's not good enough, or, oh, no, I'm not going to do anything with that. And to get them through to the end is actually a lot tougher job. Uh, and I, I do have several that have gone through to completion now. They've gone through to the end of their first drafts. And that sense of satisfaction, that intrinsic, um, I guess, success is something that no one can recreate for you now that I'm moving into and I've always worked with adults and one-on-one -on -one and had them finish their books and that's great but there's so much doubt out there now with our adults isn't there Brian about I can't do this and then they'll start and something will happen they'll go away they'll do the conference as they said and I'm guilty of this I'll come home with you know two notebooks full of everything I put them in the corner and I look there 12 months later and I think oh, I haven't done anything with last year's conference notes. I don't think I've, um, I don't know what I'm going to do with this year's conference notes. If you're going to start something, I think the trick is to finish it. Is that, have you noticed that, that people will start, but they very rarely finish? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, starting is the hardest part. But then again, sometimes it's the easiest, you know, because it's easy to take a few actions or do something for a couple of days and not complete it. The hard part is sticking with it to the end and finishing it. So that's that's where the challenge comes. But that's why you want to surround yourself with good people, whether it's a friend or, like we said, a, a Facebook group or you have a coach that goes there and that's going to hold you accountable. It's going to help you and, and walk you through that process to the end. But being childlike, what you said, is so huge. Isn't it amazing that 
as we get older and we listen to more no's and start comparing ourselves to others that we just hold back that childlike in us that just wants to express and just, we don't care. You just want to express. And that's what it's about because whatever you have inside to express, there's going to be others out there that are interested in it. So the problem is we all start out with worrying about that interest at first. Are they going to like me? Are they going to, no, no, no. That's, that's the, you don't want to start there. You want to start with, wow, I have something inside me. I'm so inspired to, to write this or share this, you know, and that's where your focus needs to be on. You need to eliminate that outside focus. And when you do that, you're going to put it out there and then you're going to start connecting with people. It's going to be authentic. It's going to be original. It's going to be coming through with your personality because you're not worrying about what others say. And I'll tell you, if you do that and you're writing with authenticity, you're being genuine, you're being yourself, you're going to connect with people. You're not going to be out there because you're trying to write for money and you're trying to write to please people. Well, maybe you're writing to please people, but that's not really gets you excited. So what is the benefit of that? You know, so you need to focus and be childlike. You need to have that excitement and go, Melinda, look what I wrote. Take a look at this, you know, and put it out there. Like I said, what, what did you say at the beginning? Writers need to write. What do you tell people? Just start writing. You know, get it out there. You're going to get better. Anytime, think back to your life, whatever it is. When you first started out, you weren't good at it. You kept going. There's that old story. I don't know. Tony Robbins and other people have said it. It's like, how long would you give your average baby time to learn to walk? You'd say, well, I wouldn't put a time. I wouldn't say 90 days, a year, two years, right? They're going to walk no matter what, however long it takes. But that's the attitude. That's why everybody walks is because you don't sit there and say, my kid didn't walk at a year. Your kid walked at a year. He's a failure. We're going to wheel this kid around every day now for the rest of his life. He's not a walker. No. Some people it takes longer. But you need to treat that. And it's a funny little story. But if you treat your, your activities like that, whether it's writing, starting a business, whatever it is, just know that you're starting. It's a learning process. But one of the things I think that, that helps me is I got a couple points. One is I'm a curious person. So I like going into stuff and researching, you know. So I think that curiosity keeps me going because if I don't know it or I'm struggling with something, I want to figure it out, you know. So I think that's one thing that helps me. So being curious, I think, is is great. Don't look at it as you're failing or and again, back to what I said earlier, when you start comparing yourselves to other people and where they're at in their stage, it's nothing good comes from that. You just hold yourself back. So just start taking action. Start doing it now and just know that you're going to get better and better and better. Listen to the feedback from people that you're getting. Start tweaking and stuff, but take that action and keep going. Yeah. Now, I was going to end off with living the dream or living your own personal dreams because that's what um, Brian encourages us all, us all to do. But I think you've just covered it. I think I think living you have talked about living the dream there, haven't you? Yeah, just live your, your passion. Whatever you're passionate about, start doing it. If you're working a full-time job, um, if you're a grandparent or you're 20 years old and you don't have a lot of experience, whatever it is, start doing it. Start doing it now. 
Find out what you're passionate about and share your voice. You know, maybe you have a full-time job and you just want to do something on the side. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to be a writer on the side and supplement or just do it because you, you enjoy it, you're probably going to be better off than somebody that's like, oh, man, I need to make money with this. I got to make a living, you know, because they're going to be writing from passion and joy and not with that added pressure. So they're going to going to do it. But, you know, so many people just hold themselves back and don't do it. I'm telling you, it's when you do it, it's amazing. You know, Melinda, you've you've come a long way. You've got a lot of episodes now in your podcast. Um, it's a lot of fun. When you look back, it was scary. It was new. You know, is anybody going to want to be a guest on my show? You start having all this stuff. Is someone going to want to listen to what I have to say? But you keep going and you get better and better and you start meeting people and you start connecting with other people. And I'm sure you look back and you can say, man, I didn't even imagine I would be where I'm at now, you know, year and a half going on two years. Yeah, I'm just come off my year of living the dream. So I was curious to see what you'd say about that one. So my year of the living living the dream, everyone um, nearly killed me. I've been working 14 hours a day for the last year. Yeah. And I look back and, yes, we've achieved a lot. And then I look forward and, and like your guy, you're saying, being a better version of yourself in 10 years' time, the things that I want to do in the next 12 months are even more exciting. But if I hadn't started, if I hadn't done podcast number one, which, by the way, everybody was the only one my family listened to and they feel that I'm a failure. And I'm going, oh no, because Joanna Penn even uh, says, don't, I hate, she hates listening to her first podcast. And I, you know, I said to my family, please, how about you listen to podcast 100 and see if I've improved any? Uh, you know, that's family for you. Uh, living the dream, it's, it's hard work. It's not romantic. It's not sitting on beaches and reading books. If you take the leap and you decide to live your dream, you'll be working harder than you ever, ever worked in your life before. Uh, and then you come out the other end of it and you get to look back and you go, hey, I, I did do some things. Uh, and you do have some failures along the way too. And I do have that question written on my page about failure, but I'm going to save it for next time, Brian. How do you feel about that? Okay. We don't want to end on failure, do we? No, no. Yeah. Failure, you need to embrace it. Yeah. And I just basically, a, a quick note on failure, I just say it's, it's basically, um, how do I want to say it? It's an outcome, an, uh, an undesired outcome. So instead of saying failures, what I did did not turn out the way I planned or it didn't go to where my goal was set or I didn't achieve it in the time frame that I wanted. You know, everything's based on so-called failures. That's how we learn, you know, through experience. So and that's where people need to avoid. And I, I think it's so important that words that you say, a lot of people think, oh, it's just a word or, you know, that's just a semantic. You say it this way or say it that way. I'm telling you, words are very powerful. You need to be careful of what you say because your mind will take it. Even if I heard a, a, a research study that was done that even if you're driving and someone cuts you off and maybe you say, you jerk, your mind takes it as you calling yourself that. It literally takes that. So... Words are very powerful. We wonder why we run around being negative and doubtful and stuff like that because how many times are we complaining and not working on our mindset? We're just reacting to life. You know, we're not taking the steps. And one of the things I started doing, Melinda, that's been powerful, and I even have been doing it with my podcast, is setting a daily intention, how I intend the day to go. So if I wake up and I say, you know what, I get a brand new start today. 
everybody that I meet, I'm going to um, embrace them with a smile and say hi. And it's going to be a fantastic day. I'm going to run into somebody and I'm going to share something that's really going to powerfully impact them and, and just set that intention out there. And I've done that with my podcast. You know, this podcast, I was trying to do it with, with us here right before we came on. I was like, me and Melinda are going to have a great show. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to talk. We're going to share. We're going to, we're going to share some good information that's going to be helpful to the audience and they're going to get something out of it and just setting that intention. So when I go into this now, there's more of a, a thought process behind it and a plan instead of just winging it and hoping things work out, you know? So I know you want to wrap up, but I want to share something real quick with you. <laughs> Sorry, if you don't mind. I'm still getting over that we're going to have a good time and have a few laughs. That was a given. That was always going to be a given. Uh, I know, but still, I didn't know if you liked me or not. You might not laugh. I like you, Brian. I like you. <laughs> just kidding. Um, there's a guy named John Kehoe. And I encourage everybody to follow him. He's really big on mindset. He's been doing it for years. And I actually reached out to him and got a response from his secretary that said he's booked for the next six months. He's not doing anything. Has a lot of projects. So I'm still working to get him on the show. But one thing that he said is really powerful, and I like to share this with everybody. And for me, it was a big aha. He said that we are living in two separate worlds simultaneously. And what he meant is that we live in our inner world and we live in the outer world simultaneously. And he gives an example. It's a real funny story. It was from one of his seminars. Is he goes, I'll give you an example here. Here's John in front of me. In a moment, I'm going to run up and I'm going to kick John in the shin really hard. And he goes, okay, now we're all sitting in the same room here. So we're all experiencing this outer world together. We're all in, you know, whatever the temperature is going, whatever the noise is, we're all sharing that experience. But now internally, John has a totally different experience. He's going, this guy's really going to kick me? How hard is it going to be? How is that going to hurt? Other people in the audience are going, is he really going to kick him? And then he says, some people in the audience are, yeah, kick him. I want to see it. Go ahead and kick him, you know. And he says, my internal world, I know that's not going to happen. So it's just something that I said. So his whole point on that was that we let the outside world affect us so much. If someone comes up to me and says, hey, Brian, wow, you've been exercising? You're looking pretty good and healthy and active there. Man, I'm going to be strutting around all day feeling good and so forth. A couple days later, someone could come up and say, wow, did you not get much sleep last night? You look very tired. Nothing's really changed. But if you start letting that external um, aspects affect your eternal dialogue. And that's the problem. So that's why it's so important to take control of your mindset because we can't control the external things. Things are going to happen to us. There's going to be unexpected events. There's going to be people saying stuff. There's going to be people that are mean. There's going to be people that will leave negative feedback on my podcast. They may not like it. They may not like the way I sound. They may not like that it went long or I rambled on, whatever it may be. But I can't let that affect my internal world. You need to be strong mentally. So that's why you mindset is so important to take control of that. So when he said that, that we live in these simultaneous worlds together, I thought, wow, that is so powerful because the only thing that we do have control of is that internal mind. I can't control what other people are going to say or do, but I can control how I respond to it. And that's one thing I think everybody needs to focus on. So if you set the intention during the day 
for things to be good and you kind of mentally prepare yourself, now if something happens to you, you've kind of, your mind switches back to like, wow, all right, I said this is going to be a good day. I'm not going to let this bother me. But if you wake up in the morning, jump out of bed, brush your teeth, eat real quick, hop in the car, go where you want, and you haven't planned your day, you're going through the day just reacting now to every little thing. And then you end up going, wow, what a terrible day. I was busy here, rushing here, because you didn't set that mindset and that intention of what you wanted through the day. And you just let the external stuff run your day instead of your internal mind. I'm busy taking notes now, everybody. Now you know what happens when I start taking notes. It means I start to get really <laughs> excited. Uh, I have just realised we've just been talking for an hour, everybody. My writing course that I'm releasing next year is called The Voices in Your Head and it's about writing your novel and getting those voices under control. Brian, you have just given me all the information I need to to promote and launch my writers in your oh sorry, voices in your head writers course. So thank you very much for doing all that um I guess mental work for me. Fantastic. No, I'm excited for you. I can't wait till you get that released. Yeah, it's out there. It's already been released. Oh, it um, is. <laughs> Yes, but it doesn't start till January, everybody, so you do have time to buy it. Those voices in your head, thats we've built a whole program around it and we've been working with our kids through that program for the whole year. Uh, It has worked really, really well because we allow our voices to take control. And the trick is for us to control the voices and it's a process that we take everybody through with their writing, Brian, because you're right, we react rather than we set our intentions at the outset uh, and that's that's what our 2018 is going to be all about so it's very timely that you've come aboard it's very timely that you gave me a little bit more information when I was ready to wrap up um, 20 minutes ago uh, because Sorry, <laughs> no the best things always happen at the end so that's really really good I'm excited to have you Brian I had a lot more things to talk to you about I wanted to talk about um, success strategies for entrepreneurs I know you have some amazing people on your podcast we never even got to talk about your chat with John Lee Dumas and uh, there was someone Owens who was that Owens fellow or was it Owen who was the other guy oh let's see there was a Sean Croxton who was really good um, Anthony Aries I had on there was it, another successful entrepreneur um, it, was, it was Lewis Howes everybody I don't know where I got oh Lewis Howes yes. yes Lewis Howes is good yeah so, so Brian has access to some very very important people and we have access to Brian and as you can see his knowledge is huge he's very unassuming and he's very shy about it uh, but once you get him talking you can sit there and take notes all day everybody if you didn't get something out of this podcast this afternoon oh, sorry this morning it wasn't because course brian hasn't given you a whole suitcase full of stuff to take away with with you we've talked about your why we've talked about your now we've talked about your focus and at the very very end we talked about the voices in your head which got me really excited brian thank you for being such a wonderful generous guest on the podcast today oh thank you melinda this has been awesome i appreciate it and like i said this is my first time so you've been great you're you're an awesome host, and uh, you make it fun and relaxing, so I enjoyed it a lot. I hope the listeners got something out of it. All right. And next time Brian comes back, he'll have his book to share with us because I'll make him. All right. Uh, that's it for another episode of Rider on the Road. 